Welcome to Wear With Sepet. Each week, I chat to amazing graduates from a range of backgrounds to help young professionals like yourselves take the guesswork out of making those all-important decisions at the beginning of your careers. To keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. And to find my episode reflections and find more resources, you can also check out our website at wherewithsep.com. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're joined by Kelvin, a director and auctioneer at Buxton Real Estate Group, one of Melbourne's leading residential real estate groups. During his six years with Buxton, Kelvin has been featured in the Herald Sun as the state's second biggest seller, recording almost $200 million of sales in the 2021 calendar year, amongst numerous other accolades. He graduated from the University of Melbourne in 2014 with a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in economics and finance, unfortunately, just like me. In the little time Kelvin has outside of work, he spends it with his wife and his lovely two kids. And he also likes the gym and he's actually currently working on building his own home gym, which really makes you ask what you're doing with your life because he has so much going on. He's still, I guess, making it happen at home as well. Um, Kelvin, thanks so much for coming on. Really happy to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So the way we're going to do this um, is pretty similar to actually the way we do this with a lot of other people, we're going to run this in three sections. So the first is I want to talk about like your time at uni and picking what, picking what you wanted to do, which is admittedly a long time ago. Um, the second bit is then kind of you starting your job in real estate. And the third bit might be perhaps um, life outside of work and perhaps some of your future plans or reflections on um, where you've come so far. Okay. Bye. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So the first question I have is what did you want to become as a kid? Uh, what did I want to become as a kid? So my earliest memory was, um, I noticed, uh, someone in my neighborhood driving a BMW and, you know, I asked my mom or my parents, you know, what did they do for, for work? And they said, oh, they're, they're a dentist. So yeah. I said, okay, I want to be a dentist when I grow up. Not, not, you know, just because it was, I've been an Asian kid growing up. And when I said that, my parents were really happy. So, you know, tick, tick one of the boxes, you, you know, respectable, uh, occupation and also good income. So that was my goal in primary school. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah. And then high school, yeah. high school, I think was, um, probably something else, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having Asian parents myself, I can definitely tell you that they would definitely be on top of the world if they, if they heard something like that. But, um, so then I guess you said you switched out of that in high school and then, you know, probably towards university as well. So what made you kind of, let's forget about the dentist bit. I'm sure that was probably just a short lived ambition in primary school, but yes. what really made you want to go into commerce or business? I'm, yeah. I'm guessing was it the same kind of desire to think about, um, business yeah, so stuff? when I was in high school. Um, I read, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, you know, a lot of people read as well. Um, you know, that got me thinking and wanting to go into business. Um, and then when I graduated from high school, you know, the, well, you know, towards year 12, um, the closest thing to business that, that I thought, you know, that you could do in, in uni was, was commerce, um, yeah. of how wrong I was, but, uh, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> that that's mm. like you know there's i got a pretty decent atar um and <laughs> you know that allowed me to have you know some options 
um, and, you know, commerce and Melbourne, once again, you know, ticks all the boxes, uh, uh, with, with the Asian parents. So, and yeah. what, what could go wrong? So it just went, went down that path. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you did that and you mentioned briefly that it wasn't exactly what you thought it, um, you thought it was, um, yes. Can you just talk a little bit more about like, what was it that you kind of switched you off about, um, that like, you know, a lot of people who go into commerce, they, they like a lot of them also are thinking about things like business and, and, and making a lot of money. And a lot of them go to the traditional commerce parts and you know, that's what they do. Why didn't you do that? Uh, well, I think when I first got in, I think I was, you know, I was doing accounting finance and <laughs> You know, and I think going to uni, there was a lot of freedom, you know, which I wasn't mm. accustomed to compared to, you know, high school where, you know, most of the time you're, you're at home, whereas at uni, you're managing your own time. There's mm. so much going on, so many social events, you know, you just get kind of carried away. Um, and accounting, mm. I guess I was doing account, I wasn't really studying in that profession. Yeah. So, Accounting is that type of subject where you can't pass if you don't stand. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I did all the, and, and then I think I quickly realized that, you know, after I failed, failed accounting, um, that, you know, that wasn't very viable. So I looked at other options in that commerce, um, thread. So I think management and management and marketing was, um, was something that I felt was a bit easier where you didn't need to study as much and, uh, still do well. And, uh, but I was keeping my options open. I was still, I was still doing finance economics. Then I, you know, started looking into more different career paths from commerce, you know, and one of the main ones that everyone wants to be when they're doing commerce is an investment banker. So, you know, that was something that, yeah, I was saying, look, sounds good. looks good. Make a lot of money. Um, you know, you get all the bells and whistles of being an investment banker. So I tried to go down that path and I, I remember I did really well with, um, business finance and I got a really good score, uh, but everything else wasn't, wasn't doing too well. So by the time I graduated uni, um, I think in total, let me think, I think I failed seven units. Oh. Yes, units uh, in, in my uni career, but I, I made it up by doing like winter school or summer school. I remember mm. even one semester I overloaded on a subject. So I did five subjects, um, mm. just so I could graduate quicker. So I actually finished my course in three and a half years. Yeah. Even. Oh, wow. Right. But Jeez. because of my history where I had seven failed units you can imagine my um average score wasn't wasn't very high um mm. which kind of i guess put me out of the um consideration for a lot of um jobs or you know graduate graduate programs and jobs um, mm. and actually when i was while i was working while i was still in uni i was doing a part-time job at a bank um at, at a retail bank, being, being a bank teller, just to get some experience, to see if I could use that, you know, that way to kind of get my foot into the door into the banking industry. Um, mm. but while working at the bank, 
it was uh, it was a really boring job. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like it at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just kind of put me off from going that going down that banking path as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're gonna infuriate a lot of management and marketing students um, <laughs> by kind of talking about them like that. But I think, um, yeah, it's really interesting to hear your story. And one thing I'm more curious to hear about is you talk about, you know, in high school, you said that you were pretty well performing. And then you said that in uni that, you know, it's not that you struggled more, but it sounds like also that you, you just like, sounds like you just studied a lot less. Um, Just like, can you just talk about why that was the case? Or at least now, probably looking back, you have a better understanding. Well, I think I was going clubbing every, every other week. Uh, yeah, you know, going to all the parties, drinking, you know, just this freedom that I didn't have when I was in high school. You know, obviously living at home and parents mm. under the watchful eye of parents. But you know, once you become an adult, you've got a car, you've mm. you've got that to just go go anywhere you want, come back home anytime you want. So I think that you know was. Yeah, it didn't bode well for me. Um, probably in hindsight, you know, if I took a gap here, really just realize what, you know, what do I want to do? And I guess as well, when, when you're in year 12, you don't really know, okay, well, what are you going to do for, for the next three mm. years of your life or next five years of life or what career path you want to go down? Like I had, I had no clue. Like how would you know? what you wanted to do when you're 18 years old, you know, you want to be a dentist or investment banker, you know, it's just, it's just, I think it's really hard. And no one ever told me, you know, I didn't have any mentors or guidance around that. Um, so it was just, I'll just picking things blindly, I would say. I think like, um, one thing, which it's not just in my experience, I like, I know this is the case for like a lot of people, like, especially entering uni. It's like, they're just shocked because there actually are people around them who they like com- com- contrasting to what you said, they actually do have mentors in high school or like their parents, for example, have done exactly the same thing they have. They know everything about all the career paths. And like these people go into uni and they're like, geez, how does everyone around me know exactly what's going on? But, you know, I think your story is a really perfect example of like, you know, give yourself some time and you, know, you, you will end up figuring it out. It doesn't matter how long it'll take you. And perhaps that like kind of transition so can you just talk a little bit more about how did you kind of go from where you just said um graduating after three and a half years um what did you do after that and how did you get to kind of your um first professional role in real estate um so when i graduated um there was an opportunity for me to do the internship in beijing at a a bank um so at that time i was still you know still wanted to go down that you know, banking, finance type of pathway. Um, and, you know, going overseas seemed like, you know, seemed like a good opportunity to, to learn and try something different. Um, you know, still, was still young. Um, you know, there's, I, I, I guess if I look back now, I've always been someone who didn't really think too much and say, okay, if I'm going to do something, just do it. Just give it a shot. You know, I wasn't, yeah. I'm not the type of person who's going to sit around and think about it for six months before, before I pull the trigger. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess, yeah, I just, just went, went over to Beijing, didn't know anyone there. Um, and, and just 
try to um, try to work there. But when I went into that bank, it was because uh, it was like a it was a state uh, it was a state owned bank, so it's like a government owned owned bank in uh, China. So basically, the working language was was in Chinese, and my Chinese is not that good. So I've yeah. you know, struggled to 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 work there um, and blend in. So I was there for about three months. Uh, didn't work out. Then I said, okay, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to Hong Kong, where uh, my family was originally from. So I said, well, my Cantonese is a, is a bit better than my Mandarin. So I went to Hong Kong to see if I could find anything there. But um, mm. you know, it, it was hard. Because it's different when you're already working in Australia and you're doing a job transfer. I was there mm. with with nothing. So, you know, basically I'm just there competing for jobs with other other locals getting um, yeah. you know, if you look at the local salary in Hong Kong, it's it's less attractive than the salaries that we get in Australia. So I said, look, yeah. I might as well just come back to Melbourne. Um yeah. you know, if you look at per hour, I would be making a lot more in Australia, it doesn't matter what, what job it would be, uh, compared mm. to Hong Kong. So I, I came back and tried to, um, and I started working at a, uh, friend's retail shop, um, just, just doing, doing stuff, um, selling clothes and, and shoes. Um, so mm. yeah, that kept, kept me busy for a little while. Um, and you know, I just looked at alternative career paths cause I knew banking was probably not the path that I wanted to go down anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so was there a reason why, I know you said like a job kind of appeared in China. Was there something that attracted to you like about China or Hong Kong in the first place? Or was it just that you were literally trying to find an opportunity? Uh, well, I mean, China's always, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big country and obviously mm -hmm. You know, most of the money nowadays is coming, um, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of money in banking and finance from, from China now. So it's, mm. you know, you can see, you know, this year, this century is the Asian century, you know, there's, there's mm. obviously, obviously been a shift from, you know, the financial center being, you know, uh, New York to, to, to Shanghai, Beijing, uh, so that's, that's something that's going to be happening in our lifetime. So I think that attracted me as well. You know, China's was a you know developing country. Uh, there's obviously a lot of opportunities there, but, um, um, I think because my Chinese is, is quite limited. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, I, well, I wasn't in a good position to, 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 to work uh, in that country. And I said, look, maybe. I could do something here in Australia. And one day if I want to go back to, I could get a transfer to China, but then obviously I'll be paid, you know, an Australian salary and not, not a Chinese mm. salary could be a lot lower. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and then, so you talked about kind of coming back to Australia and you were kind of looking for new things to try. And so how did you land yourself a job in real estate? Um, so. I had a friend, so what happened was I had a, one of the other career paths that I was looking at was personal training, uh, cause I had a friend that was doing personal training and he was, uh, making very good money as a personal trainer. 
Um, so I did my Cert 3 and 4 uh, personal training, but in the end, uh, I didn't go through with, um, I did a trial, you know, working as a personal trainer, but I felt it wasn't really for me. And then I, my best friend was working in this real estate office that I'm working at at the moment or where, yeah. where I'm part owner of, the, of this business. Um, so at first he got in, um, and basically when I wanted to join, I said, sorry, where we don't need any more people now. Um, would you like to go into property management? And then I said, not really. Um, not, <laughs> not keen on I'm going to sales. So, uh, I just traveled. So I think I, I went and traveled, uh, a little bit. Um, where did I go? I went to China uh, for a holiday and I went to North Korea, which is a place that's wow. not, not very well, you know, not many people actually get to go there. So, um, yeah, that was, that was my fun. And then by the time I came back to, uh, Australia, uh, a position had opened up at, at that real estate office. They said, oh, we're taking people in now. And then I just, I just joined and my mindset at the time was, look, I'm not sure if this will go well because, uh, real estate requires a lot of prospecting, which is like, you know, door knocking, cold calling people. Cool. Um, and I had, I had a previous experience in uni where, uh, for a, for a summer job or winter job, uh, where I went door knocking for energy sales, origin energy mm-hmm. and. It wasn't a really good experience because, you know, you knock on people's doors and you're like, Hey, I can help you save hundred dollars or two hundred dollars on your energy bill every year and people just tell you to like F off or yeah. they just shut the door. Yeah. Uh it wasn't that great. And I said, Oh, you know, I'm not sure how different that's gonna be with real estate. So I said, Look, give yourself mm-hmm. six months, do what they tell you to do, uh, and see where that takes you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely daunting experience, especially for like a 19 year old or an 18 year old. That's uh, yeah. Couldn't be the most positive thing, but you, you say, um, so you said that you started with, uh, basically you started this because of a friend, you know, kind of helping you out and, um, kind of giving you a connect. I, I'm really curious, like, especially cause you talk about at the end of uni, you know, like you didn't have the best grades and that limited you, for example, from, you know, just applying straight up for a, what you mentioned were some pretty difficult to get into careers. And then you mentioned that, you know, luckily this friend was able to help you out. Um, in your experience, like kind of how have you, um, what have you thought like the friend, like the role of like those friendships are? Do you think like you've kind of turned out to be very similar to the people around you? And how have you fostered those meaningful friendships? Not just in a way to abuse them for jobs, but also making sure that, you know, they are actually meaningful. Uh, well, that's a hard question to answer. So, um, when, when I was, yeah, cause when I was younger, you know, I was more, I was more social, you know, I did more social activities, obviously preventing friendship, you know, it's, it's a mutual, uh, you know, both parties, you know, we help each other, you know? They will mm. help you when in your time of need and you can help them. Obviously, you know, you know, you know, I'm, I didn't go and get, get into a friendship with a person just because he's got some sort of benefit, but, um, the person yeah. I'm, for, I'm best friends with, he was actually four years younger than me. Um, and wow. yeah, he was one, so he, he was working in real estate and, you know, he was 
giving it a very good pitch, you know, saying yeah. you, know, you can make so much money in real estate. It's this lucrative and attractive, which mm. got, you know, thinking and got me saying, well, yeah, look, let's give it a try. And, um, you know, it seems like, you know, uh, you know, you don't need good grades to be in real estate. Um, the barrier yeah. of entry is not, it's not too high, you know, it's not, it's not like you need a three year degree to go into. So at the end of the day, if I try for six months, um, mm. you know, all I lose is time. Uh, yeah. but now that, cause now I'm a lot busier, uh, as I've progressed in my career, that's a lot mm. harder to maintain those friendships. And especially now for my own family, you know, I work mm. Monday to Saturday and then Sundays, yeah, spent with family. Um, yeah. you know, that, that is an issue. You know, I don't have that much time to, um, to spend, spend with my friends, uh, from, from mm. the past. Yeah. Okay. And in general, in like, let's not even talk about it in like a professional way, but is when you look at, say, you look back at your past and you, you know, you talked about, for example, as an example, you said in uni, you, you spent a lot of time partying and things like that in general, like as you've progressed through your career, uh, maybe this is a question I should have asked towards end, but it, since we're talking about it now, um, what do you think, like, have you ever had to like, um, really reflect on like the influ influence of your friends around you and say, you know, for example, um, you know, these friends, whenever I'm around them, like, I'm just, I know I'm not like on the right path and I know I'm not doing what's contributing positively to my career or what's best for me or my family, whatever it is. Have you ever had to make like a difficult call like that, that perhaps you wouldn't have had to make when you were in high school or uni? Yeah, look, I think, um, when, when your life, life starts changing, you know, when, when you do different things, a lot of times you, you start dropping certain habits, uh, and you start losing it's not like, it, it, sometimes it's not a conscious decision to say, Hey, I want to cut this person out of my life. It's more just, I feel your interests, your interests are very different. You know, for example, mm -hmm. you know, I had friends that they probably drink every second day. Um, and, oh, or, you know, and they go out and do things every second day. Whereas, you know, once you start working a job and you're invested in that and you're, um, you know, busy with that, you know, obviously you can't, you can't hang out with them as regularly. Um, mm -hmm. so it just slowly, slowly, you know, you drift apart, you know, your, your interests and, uh, things that you guys want to do are, are totally different. And, um, yeah. And one thing that I've picked up while working in real estate now is, you know, I used to drink quite a bit when I, when I was younger, uh, in my uni days. But now mm. I don't drink at all. So, um, you know, it's just because I'll, I'll want to be better and better in my, in my field and in my work. And I find yeah. that not drinking just gives me an edge. Like, you know, I don't get hung over, you know, there's no wasted days, you know, I'm just, mm. I can, as you said to me, like, you know, it's, it's nearly 10 o'clock at the moment, you know, I started my day, uh, you know, I started working at nine o'clock. You know, um, I can, you know, mm. pretty much work all day, uh, you know, which yeah. is just something that, you know, I don't think my competitors, you know, a lot of competitors would be able to do and, uh, that, mm. uh, outwork the competition, um, to get to where I am. Yeah. 
Wow. But I think like that's something that a lot of people just don't even think about, especially because, you know, especially when you're in, at a workplace, like it's very easy to go for after work drinks and, you know, to, to, to kind of hang out with your friends and stuff like that. But um, I think this is like really relevant um, because especially a lot of us are like for people of my age, for example, we're talking about a stage where we are entering like our first full-time job where we're often clinging onto things that we might have to let go, you know, like you said, right? Like once you, you're going to have to start prioritizing like friendships in your life, like you're going to eventually have to drop some of your friendships. And I think that's something which like people need to come to terms with. And I think, you know, you, you kind of talk about that happening in the early days of your career as well. And I guess that's continuing to be the case. Let's, um, let's talk about kind of you starting your job now. Um, and I really just want to hear about, so those first days of your job, um, you know, you said you were worried about kind of, um, you know, prospecting, you know, you, you might not have had a lot of experience doing that stuff. Can you just tell me about how that was starting out? Um, yeah, so starting out, uh, they put us on a schedule, um, which was 9.30 to 7 p.m. So 9.30 a.m., work, work till 7 p.m. Uh, Monday to Friday, and then Saturdays we do opens and auctions and things like that. So my experience with doorknobs in real estate was very different to my experience of doorknobs in energy sales. So mm -hmm. because energy sales, you kind of every every door you kind of there is that motive. You know, you want to try and get them to sign on with with your energy company. Uh, whereas real estate sales is it, it was more it was more of a casual thing and. Um, mm. You know, Australians have an obsession with real estate and kind of strike up a conversation with anyone about, about real estate. Um, and there was a bit more respectability, you know, people gave you the time to talk to you, you know, they, they, because they're interested in the market. People were not that interested mm. in say a hundred dollars or $200 a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people have a certain interest to know oh, how's the market? What did that property sell for? Or how much my mm. properties? So it was a lot easier to strike up a conversation and, you know, keep up, keep things interesting um, from that perspective. Mm. Um, and you, you spoke earlier about um, how, you know, you don't really need good grades to get into real estate, but I'm sure you need a, a, like a lot. And I'm sure you, to, to be, do well, as do as well as you have, you, you need to have a very honed skill set. And so what were perhaps some of the, things that you struggled with at the start and that you kind of learned along the way and uh, kind of did people help you out with that? So I think the main struggle that real estate agents have is the prospecting mm. to do that consistently day in, day out and not, you know, not get demotivated. So I mentioned my, my best friend who was in, in my, who was working in the company who introduced me to the job. Uh, mm -hmm. he lasted six months in, in, uh, in our company. So wow. he's a much more outgoing person and much, much smoother talker than me. So he's mm. an extra guy, um, life for the party, you know, can, can talk to anyone. Yeah. Like he'll talk, you know, he, in the Uber, he'll, he'll strike a conversation with, with the Uber driver. <laughs> for me, I just like going the background, um, you know, just only my own business, more of an introvert. So mm. you know, a lot of people would see his type of personality would, you know, would be perfect for sales, um, would be, you know, the type of person who would succeed in this type of career. But, um, his problem was he had, I think a fear of rejection. Um, 
he okay. didn't like, you know, being rejected at the door on the phone. He probably felt like he was bothering people when he when he was doing that. Um, right. So you know what ended up happening was, you know, he was coming in to work late. You know, he would come in at maybe eleven o'clock because he wasn't motivated to 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 work. You know, he was probably training mm. work. So his his yeah. days looked shorter and shorter, and you know he he came to me and said, you know what should I do? Like you know, real estate is a very respectable. You know, I know, you know, if I meet the right people in real estate, I'll, you know, it can take me somewhere really far. Whereas um, previously he was in in the building industry, so he was like mm. uh, he was doing carpentry. So um, that. You know, he he felt like he enjoyed that a lot more, but he was thinking mm. maybe that wouldn't take him as far, um, you know, in, in terms of a career, like he might get stuck at a certain level. But, I, yep. you know, I had the conversation with him and said, you know, if you enjoy that and you do that day in, day out, you know, you, you, you're, you're going to be successful because you're going to spend a lot more time at work. It's going to be a lot more enjoyable, whereas now you're only working half days you know, so yeah. no way you can, you can succeed just working half days in real estate. So he listened to that advice. He, he went back into his, um, into, into the building industry and now he's, he's really successful in his, uh, his industry. Whereas I'm, I'm really successful in, in my industry. So everyone has mm. different, uh, skill sets and, um, different, different things that they would uh, be better suited. Mm -hmm. Right. That it's, it's really good to hear that it worked out for both of you. And one thing I really want to talk about, which is a perspective that honestly, not a lot of people can give is you talk just then, for example, about, you know, you are really lucky to have fallen into a field, which you're not only great, wildly successful at, but you also enjoy. And, you know, you said your mate did the same thing. What do you think about kind of the importance of um, kind of pursuing something that you actually enjoy because there are a lot of people and it's a pretty common thing for a lot of people to just say, oh, for the first few years of my career, I'm sure to do, for example, like a really elite career or something that everyone else is doing. And because I know that other people have succeeded in doing it, I'm probably going to end up doing the same thing. Now, that doesn't really go along with the narrative of like, you know, pursuing something you enjoy, especially for the longer term. Yeah, so I, I think enjoy enjoyment is is the, is the key it's the number one thing because let's say you make a lot of money but you're working in something that you hate you know you're gonna, mm. you're gonna end up probably wanting to kill yourself to be honest yeah. to the wall so but i think first of all that you know you, you gotta do it for yourself and even if the industry is not that lucrative there's a way to monetize it you know anything yeah can make money, you know, so whether, you know, you're in a, a job that doesn't require a lot of skill, but if you're, you're the best person in that industry, uh, there's going to be a demand and, mm. um, you know, what's the job that's going to make you turn up to work every day in, day out, and you can do it over a long period of time. You know, for example, in real estate, if I got, like, even if I got paid less, I would you know, I would still work in it because, you know, I just like it. You know, it's not, you know, no one's forcing me to, to work these hours. Like I want to, mm. um, I want to do these things. Um, and 
I think it's very important that people do find a, find something that they can do, uh, long-term, um, yeah, it might take a while for you to find that. Um, and mm. I think I got lucky with real estate. Uh, some people might not be as lucky, um, but you know, you just need to try different things and that would be my advice to people, you know, try as many things as possible and see what, see what you like. Um, cause yeah, no way in hell, you know, when I was doing uni where I would, would I have thought that I would become a real estate agent. It was not on the list of things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that point that you made about the end, about like, like trying a lot of different things and it might take time. I think like when you're in uni that like, you see that at a very micro level, people literally will on a weekly basis, or even like for summer, they won't have a job or they might not like the internship that they're doing. They'll be like, damn, my life is messed up because I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, you know, you as a good example, like you didn't know what you want to do for years after graduation, but then you fell into it and now you've fallen in love with it. Um, you, you, you've fallen in love with it, but you're also really good at it. So can you, in your own humble uh, way, cause you are, you sound very, very humble. Uh, what makes you, um, what do you think has made you so good at your job? Uh, I think pretty much I just, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, you know, if I tell a client, Hey, I'm going to do this, or, you know, I'm going to send you this proposal tonight, tomorrow, I do it, you know, in that, in our industry, we go for job interviews every day. So basically mm. our owner will have a short list of agents to choose from, maybe usually about three agents to choose from. And each agent will go in and pitch their marketing proposal. Why, why you should choose me over the other agents. Um, mm. and you know, some feedback that I get is that, you know, one agent took one week to send me a proposal, you know, so automatically wow. they're out. So yeah, you know, speed of service is, you know, cause this is a, is a service-based industry. So, um, if you can service a clientele, well, give them, provide them good feedback, communication, uh, and then get them a good outcome. Um, that's the most important thing. And, you know, they'll, they'll start referring friends and family. And a lot of times people might have more than one property. So they'll sell with you again. Mm. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's not real estate. It's not rocket science. It's, it's, um, yeah. quite basic, you know, you don't need to be a master of, you know, you don't need to be a pro programmer. You don't need to have yeah. too many skills that I learned from, from a commerce degree. Um, it's, mm. it's just communicational and personable skills, um, you know, dealing, dealing with clients. So, um, yeah, any, anyone can do it, um, but not everyone can follow up and, um, as I said, do it every day in, day out, you know, follow up the mm. clients week in, week out, uh, until they want to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like when you talk about, for example, your mate, I think that was like a good example of where, you know, it's like everyone could do it and everyone could try to do it. But first of all, like, would they be good at it? And then second of all, would they enjoy doing it? Well, that's a kind of something that you kind of gain through experience. Um, now one thing I want to ask about is that since you graduated and since you've pretty much taken on this role, you've been in this role for a while, um, like six years, I think, um, 
And I know you're Chinese. I'm half Chinese as well. So we have this like phrase that I remember learning when I was really young. And it's like, um, tiao tao, which is like, um, which in English is like pretty much jumping between jobs, broadly translated. Um, and like, I didn't understand what that meant as a kid, but I kind of do now. And it's really, really common, especially when you talk about generalists, for them to think about, okay, I want this job, but literally after this job, I want this job. And then after that, I want that. And they want to plan out their careers, like, like building blocks. Um, now yeah. you've stayed with the same company for your whole career, but you've probably also seen your friends move between careers as well. So what is your kind of thought on kind of staying at the same company and adversely, conversely, sorry, also seeing other people move? Um, yeah. So look, I think staying, staying in the same industry, like, so let's talk about staying in the same industry. Like I, I've seen people, um, you know, in, in, in our industry, they, they jump. You know, let's say doing real estate for a couple of years, you know, things aren't working out exactly the way they want to and they, they jump. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's not always a good thing, uh, especially yeah. in real estate, you build up momentum. So what I've seen is my business is growing every year. And sometimes, you know, I've got clients that are selling now that I spoke to, you know, that I knocked on the door like five years ago. Yeah. So let's say I, uh, I quit this year or last year, then that person and all that time that I spent with them or for four years or whatever, then they sell to someone else and you know, that, or that agent will get all the commission of selling that home and, and I've received nothing. So yeah. you have to start from scratch again. Um, mm. and also talking like jumping companies as well, um, you're always going to you know, depending on which company you're in. So, you know, I've been very fortunate and I've been in a company that's very, um, meritocratic. So, uh, it's been very fair in terms of how they incentivize its workers. And, mm -hmm. um, when I joined, it was a, it was, it's a new company. So when it opened in 2017, I joined probably five months after its conception. So there was a lot of a room, you know, there was a lot of room to, uh, grow and you know it wasn't like hey you need to be in this position for five years before you can jump up yeah. to the next level it's you know if you're good enough then you you can make you can make really good money uh, in real estate mm. so um yeah you know the structure wasn't it's not like like a bank you know when i was working in a mm. bank you know you saw people who had been working there for 20 years you know you could mm. you saw that career path you know where they slowly slowly jumped up to you know manager of the bank but mm. you know that that that's a very long process whereas you know now I'm one of the directors of the business so that happened very quickly and that's all possible in in this type of industry um so that's why I think for example myself I'm willing to work those long hours and make those sacrifices mm. uh, because I can see it's it's worthwhile and uh, I'm getting it uh I'm getting such a good reward for it. Mm, mm. And I think it's brilliant that you mentioned something like, you know, you put in the long hours, you know, you've kind of, you've been lucky to fall into this position because there are a lot of people which will hear that they'll say, oh, look, then why would I want to work in a bank? But it's like, well, there's a lot of reasons why it's like, it's fine to like the security of having like a set path to progression, right? There are some people who don't like the fact that you know, they're starting in a new company and that company could be gone in one to two years and you could be unemployed. 
Um, and so like, I think that it's, it's really great that you present like both sides of that story. Um, I guess we've been speaking for a while. So one thing I'll also mention is that, for example, in real estate, when your real estate sells, um, Mm. you're on commission only, so you don't get Mm. a salary. So what you, what you make is what you get. So, you know, if I stop working tomorrow, the money will stop, my income will stop flowing in. Uh, whereas, you yeah. know, if you work a nine to five, doesn't matter how good you were that day, you still get paid. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. could have been the worst, you know, you may, you could have made a hundred mistakes, you know, yeah. you, you would still get paid. So whereas for yeah. me, if I made a hundred mistakes, then I would lose all my listings, all my businesses, uh, and you yeah. know, I start from scratch again. So effectively when you're a real estate salesperson, you're running your own business. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there's an not just an enormous amount of risk. Like it's not just the fact that you don't make money. That's like sounds like it's very stressful, especially for a lot of people who, um, you know, I mean yourself included, right? You have a family and you got to take care of them. And I think like, yeah, it sounds like you're doing pretty well for yourself. But I think that like I think it's definitely something which you're good at providing both sides of. Um, I think the last bit I want to talk about has been really about um the personal or perhaps some of the yeah, personal parts of this and also perhaps some plans that you have for the future. And the first question I have is that, you know, um, you uh, have a lovely wife and two kids. So how has that been managing um, that, you know, the balance between what sounds like a really busy and difficult work life and, you know, your family? Yeah, so I think having a family is, you know, it's also been very a great stabilizer for for my life as well. Um, you know, you, you know, you come home, you know, you're gonna, you know, I thought about things like, you know, if I was, you know, if I was still single, you know, would I be able to achieve what I achieved? And I think mm. I'm a lot more distracted if I was single, and you know. Yeah. I would, probably go out a lot more, things like that. And I think, you know, having, um, a great and beautiful wife, uh, who's, um, mm. so she's full-time, full-time mom and she takes care of the house, uh, and everything mm. else and the kids, um, you know, is, is, has been really great for our family and also for, for my career where I can spend a lot more time working, uh, mm. and, you know, obviously building my career um but yes look having kids is is challenging you um you have to become very good at managing your time and um, Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes a good real estate practitioner as well how we're we're managing time uh how do we contact more clients you know in a given day um you know the Mm -hmm. more conversations that we have with with people um then you know, we have a better chance of, uh, getting more business. Um, so with the kids as well, you know, it's, it's taught me to really treasure, treasure the time that I have with them and, and, you know, to make the most out of work, you know, I see sometimes people at work, you know, they're, they're there, you know, they're there having, having conversations, you know, being very sure, <laughs> you know, going for yeah. like, coffee breaks and things like that. Whereas when I'm at work, I'm at work. Like, you know, I just yeah. want to get everything done so I can go home and spend time with my, uh, with my wife and, and kids. And I think 
mm. you know, it would be unfair to my wife if, you know, she's looking after the kids at home and then I'm out at work and just, you know, not, not, not performing, at, 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 you know, not, not using my time, uh, to the utmost limit. So, um, mm. yeah, kids has been great, but I think it's not, it's not for everyone. Um, you, it, you know, you, you, ha you do have to make a lot of sacrifices and, uh, sleep is the, is, the, is probably the hardest screen, you know, you get a lot less sleep and, um, than, than before, especially when you're at uni yeah. and you can sleep into yeah. whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it's great to hear you speak about that in such like a positive light. And I think that's something which like, you know, someone like myself or someone my age would never think about, but it, it definitely seems pretty clear that it's like you said, like it's kind of honed your focus a little bit, which is, um, great. And that's obviously not the reason you should have kids, but, um, it's great that that's kind of, um, helped your career in that way as, as such. But one thing I'll, I'm curious about is, you know, you, your kids are young right now. Um, and you know, a lot of changes are going to come in the future, not just for them, but also for yourself. Have you ever considered, or would you consider um, for example, changing your kind of commitment to your career. So that's a really weird way of facing it, but, um, almost like, you know, for example, um, doing less sales and maybe taking on a more, um, executive role in the company or something like that so that you can spend more time with the family. Is that something that's yeah, crossed your mind? That's something, that's something that's probably going to happen. So I think, uh, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, you know, this was someone who you know, walked my path before in real estate and he was saying real estate, you know, listing and selling is, is, is a young man's game, you know, between 20 and 40, that's when you're probably at your peak where you've got peak energy, focus and time. So, you know, for example, previously I would always pick up my phone, no matter, the, no matter what time, what day, but now mm. like you know, I've, I've had to step back a little bit as well. Whereas my, you know, my wife was saying that, you know, I need to, you know, focus more on the family as well, spend more time with, with, with the, the kids. So for example, on Sunday, I, I don't take calls on Sunday. So, you know, mm. when you're starting to build up your career, that's probably something that you need to do. You need to make those sacrifices. Yeah. You need to be a bit more available compared to those established or experienced agents. Um, to help build up your market share. Um, but yeah. because, you know, now I am at a, at, at a higher level than I was previously, um, mm. that allows me, probably gives me a little bit more of a leeway and, you so, know, yeah. and also what I'm starting to do is just, uh, every second Friday I'll take, I'll take afternoon off, um, just to, you know, spend it with my family as well. And, um, yeah, just step, step back a little bit and. We're, what we're doing now as a company is we're building a team. Uh, we're, we're attracting more and more uh, talented salespeople from other companies who haven't been treated as fairly or uh, haven't been on a mm. platform that's been as uh, as fair as ours. Um, and so, you know, we're, our job at, as directors is to help build their careers as well to, to bring them up. Mm. And um, so, you know, previously when before it was all about myself and all about us. Now it's more mm. about, you know, how can we help the team to grow? How can we build their profile uh, moving forward? So uh, we're already starting to make that shift, but 
probably slowly, slowly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And like your ability to set boundaries, I think is like not just a not just a learning just for like, for example, parents. I think it's also like something for, you know, even like people at our age, because it's not just, for example, setting a boundary between you and like your family. It's also like, sorry, your work and your family. It's also about, you know, for example, you you yourself also need time for yourself, right? And so maybe as a 23 or 24 year old, it's less so about um, your kids, but it's still more about how can I set time aside for myself, especially if I think I'm being overworked or stuff like that. Um, yeah. And maybe that's something okay. for us to think about. That's something I wanted to touch on would be, um, yeah, I, I found it really hard to say no to business or say mm. no to certain things. So, um, you know, I felt like, you know, if I didn't take that call, if I said no, you know, then yeah. I'll lose that business and would have a flow on effect. So that's something mm. that I've been um, learning myself, learning to adjust, learn to say no, um, you know, pass on business to other people in the company um so mm. so they can they can reap the rewards from it um it's yeah it's especially you know it it was it was a it was a big it was an adjustment that i had to make myself as well mm, mm. definitely some food for thought for our audience i think maybe that's something which even by the sounds of it from from you like it's something that i think you learn with experience because as kind of a young, naive person, like you would kind of have the impression that oh, if you give off business to someone else, for example, like you're almost necessarily harming the business. Or if you're spending less time on a piece of work, that means you're definitely harming the business. And it's like, well, no, if you don't take the time for yourself, you possibly burn out or you might not even be able to stay in the role or something like that. And so, yeah, kind of longevity and you staying in the business for so long, I think is kind of uh, demonstrated that, yeah, there, there, there's more to it than just working yourself to death. Um, I, when we talk about your whole story, um, I, this is one of the questions I want to finish on is, you know, you, we were talking at the start about your, you know, your uni days when you graduated and you know, you mentioned a couple of times, you had no idea of what you were going to do. Just looking back now, how important do you think it is to have it all figured out? Because especially a lot of these really high performing uni kids, they see everyone around them and they're really trying to chart out 10, 20 years of their career. And if just one small thing doesn't go to plan, an internship or small application, then they get really, really um, worried. Just looking back, what's what's your reflection on that? Well, looking back, um, I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, you know, <laughs> worked out fine for me, and um, I think. You, know, you need to take uh, sometimes you need to step back and have a bigger perspective things but it can be hard when you're you know when you're young because you know that's all you know um that's mm. that's, the, that's the world that you live in uh, but stepping back i think you know it seems like everything did work out and you know especially the career that i went down you know it didn't you know no, no one looked at my grades no one looked at which university i went to um People just looked at how I performed at my job, on the job. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've read a lot of stories of how sometimes people um, break into certain careers because they wanted. So, you know, some people who went into investment banking where, you know, maybe they did something different or they didn't hmm. have the right grades, but 
because of their work ethic. You know, I, I had a, um, actually I had a, a friend in, in Melbourne uni at the time doing commerce and her goal was to become an investment banker and her grades were great, but she somehow found a way in, um, yeah. you know, just by sheer determination and, and, mm. and doing different things. And somehow she was able to land herself an internship at UBS in Hong Kong. Um, mm. and from wow. there led to another internship, another internship, and then she went to investment banking and now she's in, in, in private equity. Um, yeah, wow. it worked out for her. So you don't have to have great grades. And I think where, mm -hmm. where there's, well, there's a way, um, you, I guess you just need to figure out what's, what's important to you. What do you want to do? Um, mm -hmm. for example, in my, in my industry in real estate sales, I'm not, I don't care what experience you've had. I don't care, um, you know, uh, about, you know, your degree. It's more about, you know, how hungry, how keen you are to succeed. You know, for example, mm. you know, we, we have applications out there, you know, a job ad on seek, you know, if people want to apply, uh, for jobs and people send their resumes and, mm. you know, you get 10 resumes, you know, and they all can look quite similar. So it's hard for people to distinguish yeah. themselves. But if one person said, Hey, I really want to go into real estate. And then they picked up the phone and called me and said, yeah. Hey, Calvin, you know, I want to, I want to work in, I want to work in sales. I want to learn from you, stuff like that. You know, we, we would give them the opportunity straight away because they've, you know, they've shown a bit of initiative and determination. They show mm. that they're hungry. They want to succeed. You know, I would, I would put that person at the, at the forefront, uh, compared to any other job mm. like applications that we've got, even if that person, other people have had three years or five years experience in the industry. So, mm. you know, don't, don't think there's, there's no way to get in. Uh, there, there always is for the people who are hungry and, uh, show that initiative. Yeah. Hopefully you don't get flooded with a hundred calls tomorrow after I post this episode, but, um, yeah, I think you, you do make a pretty good call. Uh, sorry, pretty good point I around. I found it. I, I, it. I mean, I, I could tell people what you need to do to succeed in real estate. And I reckon I could tell my competitors, this is what you need to do. And mm. they wouldn't do it because, you know, that's just human nature, you know? And that's why some people, um, some people do well. And then some people don't do as well because we, we mm. all have different, um, natures and we all have different things that we, we like and are passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, it's, it's really surprising to hear because I think, you know, we're taught, especially with, with like, you know, you talk about like these more common careers, we're always taught that like, there's a specific way to do things. And like, all it is, is that like, you know, it's just the person above you teaching you to do the same thing. Then one day you're going to teach them to do the same thing. And like, people don't have the ability to think for themselves. But I think, yeah, even if people listening aren't wanting to go into real estate, I'm sure that's some food for thought as to kind of, um, thinking about how not everything's linear. You know, sometimes you're going to fail and that's fine. Um, the one last question I have for you is what we like your one tip for someone who not necessarily wants to go into real estate, but just is like trying to find themselves and trying to figure out what they want to do. Maybe they're a student, maybe they're not a student, but you know, um, yeah, let's try to figure out what the right thing to do is. Yeah. 
I think I touched on this before, which would be try a lot of things, uh, find out mm -hmm. what, what works for you. And I think what's rare in today's society, or maybe it's, is people who are reliable or, you know, they, they say they're going to do something, they do it and they follow through mm -hmm. with it. Um, you know, we've had, for example, uh, you know, I've had instances where you give job interviews to people and they don't even show up or they don't, you know, you ask them to send you a resume, they don't even send you a resume. So, you yeah. know, straight away, you kind of discount those people and, you know, people apply for jobs. Sometimes I call them, I leave a voicemail with them and I never yeah. get a call. So straight away, I said, well, this, this person's probably not suited for real estate because, you know, when I join real estate, even now, when people call me, I get missed calls. I'll always call. I'll, I'll always call them back. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, it's not like you'll never be able to find me. So, and that's that's mm. some of the traits I would look for, no matter what industry you're in. You know, you you want to mm. be um, reliable, and uh, people can count on you, and uh, you do what you're going to say, or you do what you say. Mm. Mm. Definitely, definitely, and like you said, I think that's like. I mean, it doesn't matter what I think, but like you said, it's applicable across so many industries. In fact, I think most industries, um, especially when you're servicing a client or whatever, but, um, regardless, I think we've heard so much and I think you have such an amazing story that people will take a lot of inspiration from. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate you coming on today, Calvin. It was awesome to chat to you. No worries. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, right. love the opportunity and, uh, maybe I'll catch you around. And that puts an end to our episode. Thanks so much for listening. A reminder to subscribe to our socials and share this podcast around if you found it helpful so we can help transform the graduate job hunt of as many students as possible. In the meantime, I'm sure you'll find it helpful to browse through our resources available on wherewithsep.com. I'll see you in the next episode.